My dearest mates, welcome back to another episode of the MindMate podcast. As you can probably tell, I have lost my voice. Uh, look, let's just be honest. Last night, I, uh, shall we say, didn't go to bed at my usual time and didn't drink my usual non-alcoholic beverage dose of water. I went out and party, you know, and it was bloody good fun. Bloody good fun. Happy birthday again to Mac and Cody. Uh, look, anyway, we're moving on. Having said all that, guys, this episode is episode number 39 of the podcast, and I have called it Tom Gill, A Story of Addiction. Tom Gill was an acquaintance, and I'm going to be honest there. He was an acquaintance. He wasn't a, a good friend, as he will uh, will uh, will tell you on the show. Um, we weren't. We, sometimes we didn't like each other or anything. We were purely just acquaintances, um, friendly uh, friendly acquaintances at school uh, up until uh, from from year seven to year twelve. And um, as it is, from eighteen to twenty five, people's lives lives change very uh, very quickly. It's funny how school works, you you build your way up the hierarchy until in year 12, you feel like you have all this power because, you know, you're the leaders and the oldies of the, uh, oldies of that domain of your little perception of reality. You're the, you're the big fish in the small pond. And then straight away after the stress of exams, you fall down the, uh, you know, that, 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 that idea of, of hierarchy. And then you, you become a job you know, you become an, what what am I saying here? You get a job or you go to uni, but you have to work your way up back another hierarchy all over again. So whether it was to do with that or, you know, the whole different variety of other reasons, underlying issues and all that sort of stuff, which you will find out, Tom uh, struggled with drug uh, and alcohol abuse and uh, found himself in rehab. And um, his story, this is basically just... A, uh, an hour and 20 minute show of him in a very open and honest way talking about his struggles with um you know the the hate the behavior that he um that he um he undertook and you know the drugs that he abused the alcohol that he abused and you know all of that sort of stuff and <clears throat> as he says from the very beginning he found that at school that you know he was always he had some sort of riddle pain of social anxiety and when he broke up with his girlfriend who I actually knew as well um, you know, just outside of uni, it all came crashing down and his addiction to trying to find connection uh, led him to uh, resolve those issues externally rather than internally. And um, what, uh, what you're about to hear is um, it's incredibly eye-opening and it's interesting. I think we need to hear these stories sometimes because they remind us how similar we are and the fundamental evolutionary so the biological but also spiritual needs that we actually must have in our life in order to feel whole we want to feel like where there is meaning in our lives we want to feel like there is purpose to our lives that we have responsibilities that others rely on us so that if we didn't get out of bed in the morning there would be some sort of negative consequence and it actually is good to have that responsibility because if you don't, you feel worthless and you feel like it doesn't even matter if you fucking killed yourself tomorrow. And I'm being aggressive um, because I really want to drive this point home. It doesn't even matter if you fucking kill yourself because no one would even care. And I'm sure you've had thoughts like that. You know, thoughts are these very strange things that it's the brain trying to process plans of courses of action to keep us safe. So a word of... Uh, Word of warning is that you want to get very good at which thoughts to listen to and which thoughts to completely disregard. 
and this was all covered in the podcast um, when I had a good chat with Tommy. It is a little bit, um, I don't want to use this word in, in vain, but it is it's triggering. It can be. Um, it's a very raw show. Um, there's a lot of swearing and you can, you can hear the emotion coming out of his voice. And um, I have to be completely, completely honest with you, I recorded two podcasts on, on this day. They were both about addiction. And I came back into the house, was recording in the garage. You can see the full show on YouTube. I was sitting down with Vaughn, with, with, with Siobhan, and I was quite anxious. You know, I just, I'd been copying all this energy all day about addiction and, you know, this, this fight for, for connection and meaning and, and friendship and, you know, and it, it just hit me a lot. So what I would recommend is if you do feel that throughout the show, even when you uh, finish the show, just, just take a moment, try not to get straight back into your day if it did affect you. Just just take a moment to be with yourself and just breathe and listen to what your body is telling you through the emotions and what your mind is telling you through your thoughts and just kind of have a feel and a think and a reflection of based on, on where you are and how different or how potentially similar you are to Tom and, and where he was. And he's in a much better way now. But the thing is, you know, we need these fundamental biological and spiritual needs. If they're not met in our life, and if we don't have the education and the self-awareness, we can very, very quickly descend down a path that is 100% paved with good intentions, but leads us to to uh, to dire situations that can negatively affect other people. So I hope this podcast uh, speaks to you. I hope this podcast educates you. Um, and I sincerely hope that... Um, you do your best to listen to it with an open mind because, as I said at the very beginning of, uh, of, of beginning this, Tom was just trying to find and mend a hole in his own heart. And it's, um, it's amazing where that took him. So without further ado, I give you Tom. The Pale Blue Dot. Mate, it's so good to have you on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just like, I think Mario put me onto your yeah. show. His brother was really liking it, his younger brother. Oh, he was shit. also a skeps boy. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I feel like I heard about something happening to you. Yeah. I can't remember who told me. It must have been someone from school. Yeah. And then that kind of piqued my interest, and I was like, might as well. Have a look, See eh? what this guy's doing. <laughs> I know. Keep, well, keeping tabs. Yeah, for, for everyone that's listening or watching, um, Tommy and I went to school. Yeah. And um, we weren't best mates, but we were always quite friendly. Yeah. And um, Like, I didn't hate you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We were, we were okay. Yeah. We're on the level. We only punched on a couple of times. <laughs> that's right, yeah. No, but um, this is like, this is the, the great thing about our modern world, isn't it? That we, yeah. can, we can stay connected and some people don't like that, but it's also a great way to communicate and... And, um, yeah, when you reached out to me, Matt, I, you know, loved the idea of getting you on the show because it's interesting. Like we, we had a similar, well, we had the, the very, the same education, you know, yeah. it's interesting how our different worlds kind of, because there are some people that are now year level that are still doing really well, you know, they're yeah. happy with themselves and <laughs> fuck, it's like you and I just went off the fucking beaten road and can't oh, take that. Like we couldn't do it. Linear path. Yeah. You have to like just fuck around for ages. And... I know. Yeah, it's just interesting though, isn't it? Like you go through with like a cohort of mm. guys and then some people just, yeah, like go a certain way and yeah. then others like have ups and downs and it's just, because there's what, like it's a couple of hundred people yeah. 
Yeah, there was so, uh, 240 almost. I don't think anyone's died yet. Yeah, I know. We've been lucky, hey? Yeah. Really lucky. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah. It's a sobering thought. <laughs> we've been lucky there. Yeah. Yeah, but for everyone um, listening at home, I guess, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and tell yeah. us a bit about who you are? And- yeah. Um, hey, guys. I'm Tom. I'm 25. Um, from Melbourne. Went to St. Kevin's. Um, yeah. It was, I feel like my journey kind of started post-school. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Yeah, it was interesting. Like I did pretty well at school, mm. but I didn't. I didn't find it that difficult. And then, like after I left school, was when everything just like kind of shit got real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like it's like you graduate from like this private school, and and everything's kind of like on a platter, and it's like I know you just expected to like grow into this kind of adult. Like you're eighteen, you can make your own decisions. You go mm. to work, you go to uni, and. Um, like for me, it just did not, it just didn't work that way for a while. Yes. Um, I think, because we were so spoon fed at that school as well, which, yep. you know, I didn't really realize at the time that like, there were a lot of things that I hadn't figured out um, and then kind of like left there and, and was left to like my own devices. And mm. there's a lot of stuff that hadn't been worked through, I think. And that kind of all caught up with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... So yeah, it was like went to school, um, and then yeah, like do you want me to t- just tell you the story or let's get into it, mate. From that? Yeah, that sounds yeah, because this is the first time I've heard the story. I don't yeah. know what you're gonna say, so yeah. yeah, I'm really really keen. Um, so yeah, like went to St Kevin's, kind of had a pretty. I mean, I can start from the start. Sure. If you want. Um, I kind of was always a pretty anxious kid. I think. Yeah. Um, had a really tough time in my childhood like my perception of things was very extreme and I was pretty like I was pretty traumatized as mm-hmm. a kid um went through some difficult stuff and kind of yeah it was just not it just like wasn't easy being me um I hear it like a lot of, with other people in recovery it's like I felt like I just didn't have the manual for life like it was yeah. like you meant to do this this and this and like I just didn't know how to handle things yeah yeah um so yeah, like I found, I found things, cha- like some things challenging, I think that other people didn't find challenging. And then I found other things like really easy that other people didn't find easy. Like mm. I found, I found school wasn't that hard. Yeah, it's um, a good way of putting it. Mm. I found like sport wasn't that hard. Um, but like me dealing with myself and, and like my emotions was really difficult. Mm. And I feel like we just didn't get taught anything about that at school. Um, yeah, like I just didn't, I didn't learn anything about that. And I probably, looking back, um, I probably should have done a lot more therapy when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have like saved me from some stuff. But, you know, you can't really go back and That's true. change that now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just remember like always feeling pretty empty as a kid and like pretty, pretty alone. Mm. And I think um, like one of the hallmarks of addiction and stuff is self-reliance. Mm. And like, I just didn't know how to ask for help. Like yep. shit went on when I was really little and when I was a kid that I like couldn't deal with, but I didn't know how to say like, Hey, this happened. Like I'm not okay. Um, yeah. And I try, I like internalized a lot of that stuff and fuck, yeah. it just didn't work. Of course. Yeah. That it's, mate, it's, it's amazing. Like, and I'm sure there were other kids now year level and it's a very weird thing because a lot of people are talking about how the underprivileged have all these struggles and 
and then they can rise to the top or they but they start they, they start at a really kind of disadvantaged area yeah. and then on the other side of the spectrum you have these kids that have everything they could possibly ask for and still yeah. can't seem to find themselves you know and Carl Jung wrote about that idea where it was essentially you know there are people out there that don't know how to find meaning in their lives and don't as you say it's just like an, I would love to use that it's awesome the manual for life it's yeah. brilliant you know Whereas these people that have given nothing have had to write their own manual because they don't have anything to go off anyway. So you can't really win unless you yeah. have this like beautiful kind of like medium in the yeah. middle, you know? 100%. But um, yeah, I can see you, I can kind of remember us being um, at school and I can kind of, now looking back on it, I can kind of see um, how that anxiety might have been there because I mean, I was in the same boat as well. I was the yeah. same, like, you know, you and I were very similar. We were never bullied. You know, no. we were always pretty good at school, pretty good at sport. Um, just had this anxiety. Yeah. We did. Didn't like being ourselves. You yeah. Know? But yeah, mate, please. I always, yeah, like you said, like I always just had a problem with me. Yeah. And I always like, I had this desperate need to be liked, mm. I think. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, from a young age, like it was, I don't know, I really used like people and friends a lot to make me feel all right. Mm. Um even like as young as like primary school, you know, like I was very dependent on certain people to like make me feel alright. Like mm-hmm. if I had mates, I felt good. If I was, and I didn't like being by myself, and then became like pretty needy as a kid. And yeah, it was like it was a tough time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like I kind of like I didn't start taking drugs or anything very early at all because I, I was pretty like my mum was pretty hard on me and like yeah. it was very like you got to do this 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 like really well meaning but of course kind of um yeah pretty strict and if I tried to push the boundaries she'd like yeah really like kind of come back and kind of control what I was doing and, yeah and I think like I was just never very rebellious as a kid um so I kind of like just stuck to like going to school and hanging out with mates and um yeah like I didn't I didn't have an interest really in drinking or drugs at all. Mm. Um, I think like looking back, I think the first time, like I felt like I'd found it, which is like what I was missing was when I, like I met my first girlfriend mm. and that was probably like, I think I was, I just turned 17 mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, like I just met this girl and she was amazing. And I just like, for the first time I was like, this is it. Oh God. You know it. what I mean? Like this is, this is all I need. Like, yeah. cause I always, it was always like, I felt like, I just needed something yeah and eventually that would play out like it was either a girlfriend or drugs like it was one or the other wow. like I had yeah. to have like one of those to kind of feel all right mm. um, so yeah like it, I, I drank a little bit when I was younger but nothing like that exciting I might have smoked weed like a couple of times mm. like there was no like there was no heavy drug use from a young age yeah um, yeah, so like I found her and that was like amazing for probably like a year and a half. Although like I felt a lot of anxiety in that relationship because I think like I had a lot of abandonment issues from when I was little. And obviously like until you start like unpacking that, you're just conditioned to like behave and like think and feel in like a certain way. And it's so powerful. Yes, I know. And and when I was like in that, like I didn't realize, you know what I mean? I was like, hang on, this isn't connected to this or like, this isn't why I do this or, you know? Yes. Um, It's the unconscious program. It's the unconscious, like that subconscious that's just in there. Yes. It's it's actually like mind blowing how kind of intricate that stuff is. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, like, so I kind of like, and that reflects back, like, I, I don't think I had much self-esteem and I don't think, I don't think I had much self-worth and I think that was, yeah, kind of the way I kind of grew up, mm. kind of paved the way for that sort of, um, like, a, almost like a dependent personality. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, for the first eight months, it was really good, although, like, I was pretty, like, on edge and kind of, like, pretty needy and, yeah, like, I, I kind of found it hard, but that being said, like, I felt... Um, I guess like I felt a wholeness that I'd never like really felt before. Mm. Like I just had like the feeling it gave me was, it was almost was it like, like love. Yeah. I'd say love, like yep. just what I'd always been searching for. Yeah. And that's, that's not to say that like my parents didn't really give it to me. Um, like I know they, they did the best they could and they've like supported me. Um, but I guess I never really like felt it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And yep. when I had this, it was like, yeah, like this is, this is what, what it is. What love is. This is what I'm looking for. And, so that like that went really well for like eighteen months, um, and then like we finished school together, like we kind of yeah got each other through year twelve, and um, yeah we like started going to Monash together, like when I, I pretty much went there because she was going there. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't cool. know what the fuck I wanted. It was like, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll just go to Monash, like we'll do that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like uh, I kind of I found like I just hit a bit of a wall. And do you, know, do you know what's really interesting as well? Like, just made me think of it then. It's you go through school, right? And the whole time you're set up to take on more responsibility, take on more responsibility. And then by year 11 or 12, you're the king of the jungle. Yeah. You're like, you are the fucking man here. Especially when we went to an elite all boys school. It's yeah. Like, we, were, we were the kings. 100%. And then you get out of that and you're the peasants. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like your first year uni, you know, and then you got to get a job and then you got to build yourself up the hierarchy. Yeah. And you're like, what? I was just up there. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? You know, it's a strange it's a place to be. system. Like, it's. A, I wouldn't necessarily blame the system, but it's strange. Like, yeah. at least, I mean, it's got a lot of benefits to it, but there's no education around like, hey, like, when after school, like, life is going to be very different, and this is how. Man, I just had, some people have got. I had no like. I had no skill set to adjust to that. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. I did not know what to do. I didn't. And especially what I found really difficult, especially with uni, like mm. at school, it was just like, do this, do this. And then at uni, it was like, be self-motivated and do whatever you want. And I just could not do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was used to getting away with doing nothing. And mm. then like for the first time at uni, it was like, unless you put in the work and you know, you like get the assignments done, no one's chasing you up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like could not handle that. Just ended up like withdrawing from subjects, like yep. deferring because I just didn't. Like, it wasn't really what I wanted to do at the time. You yeah, know what I mean? And of course. I probably, like, should have just taken time off and not done that. But I kind of went through this, like, really shit cycle of, like... Man, you did what you were told. Like, yeah. how could you have known any better? You know? Yeah, 100%. We, we were told to go to uni. And, and it's, it's, it's it, incredible because, like, it's, it's so... I just got back from Bali. And, like, these people will never get a chance at yeah. anything in their life. You know? And you're like, holy shit, like... That's definitely given me some perspective, you yeah. know? Um, but it's also like, we, I don't know, I, were we ever taught to, this is why it's good to learn because then once you know more, you can formulate your opinions. I, ne- you can- I never knew like the underlying reasons for going to uni. It yeah. was just like, we went to this elite school and they're like, yeah, you should probably go to uni. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's what everyone else <laughs> right. is doing. Like, yeah, stand up when they walk in and sit down when they walk out. Yeah. Oh, no. And I think, yeah, like not having a very strong sense of self mm. at that time made, like I, I wasn't interested in what I was doing at all. Um, yeah. I kind of like fucked up a lot of subject selection at school and mm-hmm. it meant like, cause I wanted to do commerce mm-hmm. 
um, and I couldn't get in at Monash or Melbourne because I hadn't done like maths methods mm-hmm. and I would have got in like with the ATAR I got mm-hmm. but like because I hadn't done that I couldn't do it mm. and then I like went to Monash and tried to do arts and like do this like maths bridging course and it was just like an absolute disaster yeah. to be honest yes but yeah so like I just was very underprepared and um, wasn't really like in a good enough place to kind yep. of place any emphasis on like studying and, mm. and going to uni and and the way it turned out was like it would kind of take a number of years before like I kind of got shit right yeah. to actually be like, no, there's actually a lot of value in going to uni, um, you know, in terms of like furthering your employment prospects and yeah. kind of actually developing a passion and like a skill. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. but yeah, at, at that time, man, I had no no concept of that mm, mm. at all. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, like, like I was saying, like, I was kind of very preoccupied with like gambling and kind of going out a lot, even like no drug use, like a lot of drinking. Um, and like I was saying, like, I think one of my real problems was like, I just didn't know how to let people in yep. at all. And I yep. was like, I'm just going to deal with this on my own. And, um, yeah, like my family were kind of caught up. My sister had a pretty bad eating disorder. Yeah. And so that took up a lot of their time for like a number of years. Mm. So it was just me, her and my parents. Yep. Um, but I think that shifted the focus off me yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like I was just kind of trying to deal with it on my own. And I remember when we broke up, like I was just beside myself. Like I just was so devastated. Um, in, in like probably the darkest, one of the darkest places like I've been. Mm. And um, I don't know why, like I was just like, I need to like fix this. Mm. And I'd heard about like these prescription drugs before called like Xanax and Valium and I'd never tried them mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was man like I, to, to this day like there was no no one told me go and get this but something in me was like this is going to like help mm. so I ended up going to a doctor and got them prescribed um, and like the prescription was like take one a day I started off on two and then by like two years later I could like go through like the the equivalent of like 80 in a day. Like I just Holy picked shit. it up. Like, yeah, wow. it was hectic. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, take, take us through that moment from the first time you had Yeah, the, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Like I was just sitting at home, um, on the couch and like these things just like kicked in and I was like, everything's right. Like all that shit that like, all those feelings, those emotions, that pain was just like gone. And I was like, this is it. Wow. And I had, I had no idea at that point, like how much of a profound impact that was going to have like on me. But for then, cause they talk about this as well a lot, right? Is like the drugs are actually a really good solution for, mm-hmm. to a certain extent mm-hmm. until they become the problem. Mm-hmm. Like they, they fucking just worked like exactly what I needed at the time. Wow. But like, then they stopped working. Yes. And the consequences started like building up a lot. Well, it, it ironically becomes the thing you're trying to get over. Yeah. Almost. It's like, I'm really struggling with a broken heart here. I have this thing that helps me. And then now I need this thing yeah. to keep me away from what I'm also trying to get away from. It's yeah. fascinating, isn't it's, it? Um, yeah. Like it's cause you, you don't actually deal with like what the feelings or the underlying issues yeah kind of just masks all that for a period and gives you like a temporary reprieve from all that stuff and it's it is again like it it is good they are a temporary solution because you know someone on someone who's dependent upon um 
anti-anxiety or anti-depressant medication is better than someone who's just jumped off a bridge. Yeah, you can't help them out. Yeah, you know. So it's best to have them on there, but then seeking the help and 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 all that sort of stuff from from going. So you had that first. You had two. Yeah, pills. Two of these pills. What was it? Was it Xanax? Yeah, Xanax. They yep. were like really weak ones. Like I got it. I don't know if you know about Xanax or not much. Yeah, you can get yeah. them like the bricks. Okay. The bars. You can get these real strong ones. I got onto them later. But yes. These were like really weak, but I had two of them and it was just like, this is it. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, so take and us through the journey. And then from there, um, I, things sort of got better. Like I think my life still lacked a lot of direction. Yeah. Um, like I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my career or like really who I was, but I kind of like kept working and then like I kind of started going out more mm-hmm. like because what happened was like when everything was fucked like I was trying to like really like repair it and like work on this relationship because I just did like sort of didn't want it to end mm-hmm. even though like I sort of did if you know what I mean like it's yeah Love, it's, it's confusing. a weird thing yeah man it's a fucking trip <laughs> as my dad used to say I don't know where this came from but he's like mate you know, girls, they, uh, they breathe different air. Yeah. I was like, this is great advice, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks I'm Dad. into them, but I can't seem to get one. <laughs> anyway, Just sorry. Just teach me how to pull birds. <laughs> I know. It was, oh, I still love him. But yeah. I know. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, so like my life just tended to get very narrow, I yeah. think. Um, and that was the case as well when I was taking drugs. Like any other interests, eventually they would just fall away. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like I just get so preoccupied with, just getting on the gear. Yeah. Yeah, like I started reconnecting with a lot of mates and then I kind of thought I was doing better. Um, but I mean, really, like I wasn't dealing with anything. Yeah. But I could kind of like, if I looked at it from the outside, like I was going out every weekend, I was just working, not going to uni, but like seeing all my mates. And mm. it was a lot better than me, like taking drugs at home and just trying to like get by, you know what I mean? So, so you're like connecting through the drugs almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like I met a lot of people that were like partying and, just it's kind of like an age thing as well you know what i mean it is like 20, 20 very normal in melbourne as well yeah 100%. definitely get that as well and you know you it's, it's just like a beer yeah you, do it, you have a beer and you hit a cap yeah beer and do a line it's yeah strange mate. You, you know his beers. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah exactly um, um but yeah so like i just i started rebuilding in that sense but yeah so i was just i started going out every weekend um started like i think i tried mdma or like Googs like once mm-hmm. or twice and really enjoyed it actually. Um, but I was kind of preoccupied with like my girlfriend at the time. So yeah. like I was saying, like if I had something like that, like I was like, I don't even need, like I don't really need to take drugs. But it's yeah. like when that was gone, they became a lot more appealing. Yes, of course. So That's the next thing. Um, yeah, I just, I remember the first night, like I had a few caps and I was out and um, I was like, fuck, this is really good. Like, yeah, it was just... I, I found what I was missing. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and like, had some really fun times with that. Um, and then... And so, yeah, I just had access to drugs and I could get them whenever I wanted. And I just kind of like started running with that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like from there, it was... Yeah, like it just increased quickly. Mm. Like very quickly, the amount of drugs I was taking. Um, Were you still taking the prescription medication? I take... The thing is like, I never like took them properly like maybe i did at the start like i took a few and like just to kind of like chill out Mm -hmm. but then what i figured out was like if you take heaps of stimulants and then you've got heaps of benzodiazepines which are like valium or xanax they're like 
the perfect thing to come down off the gear. Right. So like, it's actually like if you if you're like fucked and you've had too much MDMA or something, often if you go to the hospital, which I can tell tell you this from first hand experience, wow. is they'll give you them because they like level you out. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like so they were just the perfect solution. So I could go out and just eat a ridiculous amount of gulgs or like speed or whatever. And then I'd come and just start eating these and like, you're just fine. Like wow. it just negates any come down you have. So wow. like, if you want to like really get fucked on the gear, it's like everyone that smokes meth will have zannies cause like you can stay up for a few days and then level yourself out and it just, it wow. just works until it doesn't work. Right. Like it works in that short term. Yes. But then the rebound anxiety from that stuff, which catches up with you, it might not be the next day or the next week, but is indescribably bad yes so i kind of had to deal with that later but yeah so i was um it actually makes me feel a bit like anxious hearing it you know because you can you can you can see you can i don't know i mean you can see kind of someone who's in that state where like if you have a problem you don't know what the problem is it's not conscious so it hasn't been illuminated from the darkness yet and you are running away from it and you do all this and then after all of that you've, you've I don't know you've got to go to work or you don't have any drugs again or you don't have enough money to pay for drugs and you are just fighting to get out of this cage that's got you locked yeah, in yeah 100% and, and the, the, the scary thing is is like in at that time like I didn't realise how fucked I was yep. like I was so fucked yep. you know what I mean and yep. like but I just was unaware to the extent because mm-hmm. it's hard you can't really take a step back and look at my life like your life objectively you know what I mean and be of like, course you just kind of I felt like I was on airplane mode for like two years yeah like I was just, just things were just happening flat out and I was just not aware of like what was going on yeah um, but yeah so I mean it, it yeah it picked up like 2014 it picked up a lot yeah um, and then that's the same year mine did actually that's interesting really yeah maybe it was just a bad year <laughs> it was a rough year mate it was just a shit man. <laughs> oh god love it it wasn't anything to do with your eyes nah it was just the year. definitely nothing to do with Tom's no <laughs> um, yeah and the the consequences started like very quickly like mm-hmm. I was just rubbish at taking drugs man like is the body like I wasn't I'd take a lot of them but I wasn't some hero that could you know take ridiculous amounts like if I had enough stimulants I had to have Valium or Zannies to like level me out. Otherwise I just wig out too much and like yeah. from lack of sleep and like just losing the plot. Yeah. So um, by the end, I knew it was a problem like in 2014. Okay. Um, I knew it was a problem probably like six or 12 months from starting. And then yeah. I went to uh, Beyond the Valley in 2014 for like the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I took, and they stopped working as well, as well, like all the gear, like it just, it would make sense. It yeah. wasn't really doing, and my tolerance was so like high and it, it was just, yeah, especially MDMA, man, you just fry your brain on that stuff. Yeah. And like, it just, you don't get the same effect. So I like, mm. I, I got to like the start of 2015 and by this point, like my life is just, has still been so chaotic. Like I haven't done anything with uni. I have no idea what I want to do. Mm. Um, and I think, like I've said this before to mates, like I think going out and partying and taking drugs is like the perfect solution if you have no direction in your life. Because mm. you just start living like weekend to weekend and event to event. Mm. And like you can kind of forget about like the bigger picture. Yeah. It can give you something to look forward to. It can give to. you something to look forward to and, and you don't, I don't know, like it was almost like life didn't feel as serious as it, yep. as it had for a while. Yeah. 
You, you just kind of Peter Pan. Yeah, it was like, whatever, we'll just go get cooked on the weekend. Yeah. Have some stupid stories. I don't need to grow up. <laughs> no. Nah. I'm with you. But, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it made everything hard, made work hard, mm. made like, like, I was just working basic jobs just literally to fund my weekend yeah. much. Like, still just living at home, doing that. Um, so, yeah, in 2014, I'm like, all right, like, this needs to stop. Like, yeah. I was like, I need to. The thing was as well, um, I always had intentions that were good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I was always like, I want to go to uni. I want to be like healthy. I want to do like, I always, I knew that that was what I wanted. Yeah. But I just, as long as like drugs were a part of that, it just didn't happen. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I made a concerted effort to like get off the gear. Like I was like, I need to stop taking like speed, coke, gorgs, like yeah. all that. I was like, that is just fucking me up way too much. Did something happen at Beyond the Valley? No, no, just oh, kind of that I just did, I did a lot of I did a fair bit of gear there and it just wasn't giving me anything yeah, okay. like I was I could tell like I was wigging out a lot more and like yeah. I was just like this is shit mm. you know what I mean this isn't even like that fun anymore yeah, yeah. Um, and I just I always wanted to get back on track you know what I mean like I was just like I want to get like stable and go to union it just got tiring man like never yeah. having money always owing people money like it's just living this like very fast lifestyle with like nothing to show for it yeah with you. Um, so yeah, like I, I was like, right, this is it. You know what I mean? And, and for two months, like I was off all the gear. I think I was smoking a lot of weed. Um, like just kind of like hanging out with mates, smoking weed, drinking beers, like just doing that. Yeah. Um, a few zannies here and there, but there was no like gulgs or any, any of the uppers really. And for me, that was like a big thing. Cause yes. like I couldn't, it was like every weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it was rare that there'd be more than one weekend when I wasn't properly cooked. Yes. So like, yes. To start like building that up, I was like, yeah, okay, this is actually going alright. Yep. But then, um, yeah, like I went to a mate's twenty first one night and I just got obliterated. Like I was <laughs> fucked. Yeah. And then my mate called me and we were at Lucky Cock. Um, and then he was like, we're at Revolver, and I was like, yeah, let's do that. Just for everyone listening outside of Melbourne, these are um. These are some prominent places yeah. in Melbourne. Revolver is kind of known, yeah. given the context we're talking about. Yeah, Nothing wrong with the people that run that place, but... <laughs> they, mean, yeah, they mean well. Exactly, they mean well, yeah. But um, yeah, these, these are well-known places, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up there. Mate of mine had gear. Yeah. In no state to say no. Of course. Had a fair few gigs that night. And yeah. then it was like I was just back off and running again. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I mean, it would have been your tolerance had come down a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. And so you ah uh, makes sense a yeah. little bit, but yeah, I still I, I loved it all the same. Yeah, you know I mean, it was it was still me. And yeah, like I was like fuck yeah, this is sick. Yeah. Um, and then I think they talk about it in psychology. It's called like the rule violation theory. It's like when when you say it, like they you can talk about it in the context of like a diet or like it's like if you have like I'm going to abstain from doing this and like only do this, and then you break that you're just so much more likely to just go fuck it, like go whatever, because you've broken that initial rule. And that yeah. was like, for me, that, that kind of goal that I set, after I'd already done it, I was like, who cares? Like, yeah. I've already fucked that up. Like, What's the point? Like, this year's fucked, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's like hazy, but from there, like, it was just back on. Wow. You know what I mean? It was just like every weekend. Yeah. Um, and then, 
but yeah, like it just like my using just picked up like mm-hmm. more and more. Um, not just the weekends. Nah, like I I just yeah even like midweek like go out. I was going out like three or four times a week probably. Yeah. And like trying to work and just being fucked like all the time. Mm. Um, and like a lot of the external consequences got worse, like yep. car crashes, um, like being off my head, like I crashed my mom's car once. It was like, it's not funny, but like, it, you can only laugh. Like I was, I'd had like been on a bender and had way too many zannies and like I had this massive appetite cause I hadn't eaten in like of course. ages. It's like 2am. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to drive to like 7-Eleven. <laughs> and I was right. like, not, not right. I love um, it how in that state you thought 7-Eleven and not the yellow M or the dirty bird. Yeah. <laughs> no, because 7-Eleven was closer and I wanted donuts. Oh, changes I was like, I need a fucking Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I love that. And so it's like 2am. I just like drive there. It's probably like five minutes from my house. Yeah. Drive there, fine. On the way back, like, I'm just driving, like, recklessly. Because when yep. you're on that shit, like, you just do not care. No. I'm like, I'm like there's this roundabout, like, coming up. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take this quick, like, like an F1 driver. I'm just yeah. going to fucking, like, go around this. <laughs> yeah. Didn't happen that way. Like, just smash into the side of it. Oh. Like, just destroy the whole front side of the car. And, like, I'm so fucked at this point. Like, I'm just like, I'll just drive home and it'll be sweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I wake up the next morning to my dad being like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, and I'm like, I literally don't remember. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Because I'm just so... Did you like, know, you knew it was you? Just I knew it was me. I was like, fuck. Yes. And then, yeah, so like, that sort of stuff started happening and... Um, yeah. Just neg- negative consequences. Yeah, that really Hard to up. run away from. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but like I said, like my parents had a lot of stuff going on. Okay. And I think they probably weren't able to see the magnitude of the problem because yep. of the other stuff they were dealing with. Like shit like that happened. I got arrested for being fucked in the city. Yeah. Um, and they kind of knew about that. And like, I just paid the fine. And that was that, you know what I mean? There yep. wasn't anything more like done with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing that really has like impacted someone close to individually. It's yeah. like, Oh wow. I've really done something here. Yeah. I see what you mean. Cause money's very, you know, it's, it's illusory. It's just yeah. like, I'll oh, pay it. And then, Sweet, I'm all good again. Yeah. I haven't really... There's no consequences, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then... Yeah, like I... I don't know. But I started like letting people down as well. Especially like I was meant to take my sister to get a tattoo for her 18th birthday. Like really meant a lot to her. I was so fucked. I was just like, dad can take you. I'm like, I'm too fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just yeah. stuff like that. There was just like... It just like wasn't who I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like... well. I don't know, like, but it felt like I was just trapped. Yep. By the amount of drugs I was taking. Um, and you know what? Just to stop you briefly there, like the 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 sad realization is that you know we we look at addiction based off that rat cage experiment where the rat yeah. goes to the water. No, the rat goes to the cocaine water. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's bad. It's all bad, you know. But beneath that surface is just this underlying cry for 100% meaning man. and connection to yourself yeah. and, um, I mean Johan Hari's work is fantastic yeah. it's so fantastic If yeah, I honestly want to play Johan Hari right now because like, yeah. if you are struggling with addiction yeah. on any spectrum his chasing the screen well. his TED talk yeah. um, even The Lost Connections is a fantastic book that will explain a lot about why we feel isolated you know yeah. and how much what I love about his work is that 
we are we have been socially conditioned for disconnection. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a lot we can do at the same time. It's not like yeah. society needs to change. There are things in society that do need to change, but we can do a lot. I mean, look yeah. at you just as, as, as a simple anecdote of someone who is like, I mean, incredibly open and honest about how you're talking about these experiences. And it, it's very weird to hear who this person was yeah. and have you sit in front of me because they're just, they're not the same person. Yeah, you know? 100%. Um, but look, anyway, his stuff is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I got so much out of listening to his stuff. Mm. So yeah. I'll definitely recommend that. It's, yeah. Yeah. He's just, He's a smart man. He's great. Because you interviewed him as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Just on a Skype call or something? Or? Nah, he, he was in Melbourne. and I, Oh, I, shit. So I, you met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I listened. He was sitting in this chair? He wasn't sitting in that chair, yeah. Make sure you oh, fart yeah. just to keep it. <laughs> no, no, I interviewed him. In this chair? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I interviewed him um, in his hotel room. Because I, I heard him on Joe Rogan. That podcast just blew me away goosebumps yeah. you know actually quite similar to what I'm feeling right now because it's um, you know I'm really hitting home with this but um, I emailed him directly I was like I have to talk to this guy yeah. and he was nice enough to respond personally and um, we had a mad little conversation and um, he offered me a beer um, yeah. very very weird considering we're talking about addiction just, yeah, <laughs> mate, let's have 10 you know <laughs> but um, do you want some rack? yeah that, sure great <laughs> you know, it's meaningful yeah. <laughs> but yeah his work is he is great. I think he's a true journalist. He's someone that doesn't necessarily know uh, what he's going to find out, um, yeah. but he's just going to observe and, and take notes as he does. But um, yeah, it's amazing to hear you talk about someone like yourself, like you're letting your sister down. You're like, it just doesn't seem like, I don't yeah. know you very well, but it doesn't seem like you, you know? Anyway, I mean, yeah. Because none of that, none of that was, um, like that was, I, I feel like a lot of that stuff for me was like just the, the wounded, like inner child stuff course, that I hadn't course. dealt with. And You're not a bad person. Like no, most people aren't bad on purpose. Not at all, man. You know? yeah. And like the, the funny you mentioned that, like I remember once I was picking up like a fair bit of gear from my drug dealer and I owed him like a fair bit of money at the time. Yeah. Like I met him at this, he was at this house party and he was, I think he was blind or something. But um, like he just came to my car and then like gave me all this gear and like he just started shaking me and he's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, man, you're like, you've come from a good family. Like you could do whatever you want. Like why, why are you doing all this? You know yeah. what I mean? He's like, cause he, he came from a fairly like marginalized background and right. it was always going to like be hard for him, I think. Right. Really like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. But just like, unfortunately. It was tough. Yeah. And like negative influences from, from family stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I, I loved him as a mate and then for him to like, yeah, he was just like, mate, like you could do anything you want. Like what, what is going on? He was like, just fuck all the money. Like come and like, I'll like, if you want to get clean, like I'll help you get clean. We can train together. Like but wow. he was like, you need to fucking stop doing this. Like what an epic friend. Yeah. It was, it was a bit weird because he was my drug dealer as well. Yeah. But like, yeah. he like a lot, like. We were best mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, but I just didn't have an answer, man. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I literally don't know why I'm so fucked. Like, yeah. I just am. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just had no answer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was just like, just give me the gear and I'll like pay the money and like, well, that'll be that. Yeah. But yeah, I just, it, it stands out. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know what to say. Like, mm. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it That's kind of made me feel awkward. Yeah. In a way. Well, I mean, you've, you've um, been faced with a mirror and you're yeah. like, oh shit, who the yeah. fuck is that guy? Yeah. That's amazing. That That's like a really good friend. Yeah. Wow. Do you still, are you still in time? Don't really. Just yeah. 
too hard. Of course. I think, with yeah. all that stuff. Um, really, that was like probably one of the hardest people like I've had to like let go. I yeah. Because it just wasn't going to end well yeah. for me. I of think. course. Um, but yeah. So by and then another thing that happened was like another mate of mine was like we somehow got talking about like dry July or something we were yeah. talking about like doing periods of sobriety and he was like and I was like yeah I can't fucking do that and he was like no you couldn't and I was like yeah and he's like oh, let's make a bet mm. I was like done we'll just check out camera mate um, yeah yeah sorry <laughs> no that's alright it, it, the, the table like it's such a good table for being like, and then this happened. Yeah. But it's so shaky. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of times I've had to try to stop myself, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, he was like, I bet you can't like do a month sober. Yeah. And I was like, nah, like I'm going to do it. Nice. I was like, fuck you. I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm. And I think in part that was me like wanting to know that I could stop mm. as well and wanting to like know that I wasn't, as, I kind of wanted to gauge like how fucked I was. Of course. Much. So, anyway, like, yeah, this is probably, like, the end of 2015. Probably, like, it was October, actually. Mm. And I actually, I had glandular fever at the time because, like, I'd just been, like, just destroying my body so much that, like, I just wasn't well. I was like, it's probably a good time to, like, if I'm going to take a break, like, take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I did this month sober, but it was, like, it was was actually horrible. You know what I mean? Because, like, all I was doing, I was just going to work. There was no like fitness, there was no exercise. Like I was just going to work and then I'd still kind of go out on the weekends or go to friends like for drinks and stuff, but I just wouldn't like do anything. Mm. And like they were all getting cooked and like I was just sitting there like, fuck, this is so shit. Mm. Um, and the funny thing is like we planned to go to a music festival like, and I planned it so like the month would end like right before. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went to this music festival. Um, and then, yeah, so that, that was in the back of my mind. Um, and then, so I got through the month, right? And everyone's like, oh, you did so well. Like, you know, this is really good. Meanwhile, I'm just like dying inside. I'm like, man, I'm so, like, I, don't, I still don't know who I am. I'm so unfulfilled. Like, the drugs are kind of like my solution. And I'm just like not doing them. Yeah. And I'm like, this is terrible. You're not, you're not, you don't have access to the thing that makes you whole. Yeah. Or gives me like gives some sort of, sort of like distorted sense of purpose. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. But, yeah. um, so yeah, it's just weird. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's awesome, man. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, like, I feel shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this sucks. It's very strange when the outside world is telling you something that doesn't align with the inside. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's very weird. Yeah. It was weird. weird. It yeah. was weird. Um, anyway, so like the next day, um, we're like going to this music festival, right? And like the night before, I just remember we we're just at like a mate's house, just like, I'm just drinking again, like doing a bit of rack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got all these like fake Zannies from like my dealer who like, um, was making them himself mm. and they were like so strong and like, I hadn't done them in like a month or so. So like I took all this, like this gear and like. By the time, like, I got to this festival ride, like, I was just off my head, you know yeah. what I mean? And there was, like, no... I was not conscious of anything that was going on. Like, I was just... I, like, I rocked up there and I was just destroyed, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I go to this festival, like, I don't remember much of it, um, but I'm, like, just smashing gear, like, flat out, ending up in the medical tent, like, every day, like, ODing wow. up for, like, the whole time, like... And then I was meant to come back to work on this... On the Sunday... And like someone gives me a lift back that I'd already arranged. Um, 
and then like I just couldn't stop yep. you know what I mean and then yep. what that looks like was like I was just like at a mate's house drinking and then like this guy I knew like had shard and I was just like smoking shard like flat out it's um, meth yeah meth. Yep. and that's something like I said I would never do mm. but I just I think like I just reached this point where I just didn't care Yeah, you know what I mean like because I'd like fucked myself so much I couldn't go to work like I lost this job and then I was like fuck it like I'm just gonna like go as hard as I can wow so like it really like crossed like a boundary for me like it just yeah. reached this level where like I used to sort of care and now I just like didn't care yeah. um, and then yeah like I, I just culminated in like this two week long like just bender um, like what? fuck like I got all this synthetic ketamine and like I rocked up at my mate's house like I couldn't talk you know what I mean and his parents were like do you have like a fucking brain illness or like what is wrong with you wow. and like he was having people over and like my parents had to come and pick me up and then it was like just smoking meth at my house with like this guy and it was just like I had lost it yeah. you know what I mean like it was just yeah. so fucked um, and then I ended up going to sleep finally after I. it's all like a bit of a blur of course yeah and then like my parents were like what do you want to do like and I was like I I'm so fucked. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, like, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I think I need to go to rehab. Like, this is not, I don't know, like what's happening. I can't believe you even said that. Like, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was just done, man. Yeah. I was like, and I think for me as well, like I always knew like I had potential. Mm. I always knew that somewhere deep down, but like, I just watched my mates like go to uni, get degrees, like grow up. And I was just trapped, man. You mm. know what I mean? I was just mm -hmm. trapped in this cycle that I could not get out of without some sort of intervention. Yep. Um, like I couldn't do it yes. myself. Like I tried, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'd actually tried. Yep. Um, you did dry July. I did dry July. I don't think I've ever done dry July. Yeah, I would probably had a beer. I, or... I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't plan on going to like some hectic festival. Yeah, no. It's not going to end well. I was True. fucked I oh, know um, that's, that's an incredible finish line yeah <laughs> oh man it was such a disaster man. yeah um, but yeah so like I was just like I don't I need to like get out of Australia like I'm fucking like I was just, and it brought me back to that like same place like mm. after my relationship had ended I remember just like sitting at home just like feeling so intensely fucked and it was like two years on and it was literally the same thing, but it was all from like all this drug use. Yeah. I was like, this is like, yeah, I've just, been, I've, wow. nothing has been like, nothing is all right anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nothing is working. No, no, you haven't dealt with out of all the times you've tried to make yourself better. Um, like nothing, nothing, worse. nothing changed. No. Nothing changed. You still have this hole in yeah, your heart. Somewhere. 100%, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I was just, I was just done. Yeah. Like, I was just like, help me. You know what awesome. I mean? That was, I think that was the first time, like, I've really been like, I need help. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, and then... That's like, amazing. Yeah, I was in, like, I think my mum started researching treatment centers. And um, initially I was, excuse me, I wanted to go to the States. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's pretty far away and you can go to, like, Asia for, like, cheaper and it's a lot closer to home. Yeah. And so they found this really like reputable treatment center in Thailand. Okay. I was just like, whatever, like just like sign me up. Help me out, please. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, Why didn't you do anything in Melbourne? Are there rehab centers here? Yeah, there, there, there definitely are. I think like, I don't know. I just wanted, to, I just wanted to get out of Australia. Like I just wanted to like really like, 
yeah, just in just get away. Yeah. Like I just didn't want to be in Melbourne anymore. I was so like over it. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we went to Perth for Christmas. Um, and then like I flew out to Thailand on like the 28th of December, I think 2015. And I did not know what I was getting myself into, man. Wow. Like, I yeah, I remember getting there. Um, and like I rock up, like they pick you up from the airport. They take you to this like treatment center. And then like, it was like 10 PM on like a Monday night. So like a lot of people were asleep and. I just like walked in and then there was just this like 40 year old guy that was just fucked. Like, I think he was like coming out of some sort of psychosis, um, like off his head on like antipsychotic meds. Well, I was like, okay. And then there's this like Middle Eastern dude. Well, just watch that camera shaking dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's okay. There's this Middle Eastern dude who's fucked and I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? And then he's like, yeah, I just shoot like five grams of heroin a day. Like I'm, this is like my fourth time in rehab. And I was like, I don't think I'm like in the right place, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I felt very out of my depth. Like I was, and I was like one of the youngest there. There was a couple younger. There was probably like four or five out of 60 that were like younger than me. Wow. But like, yeah, I was like, what? Like you just sit there and you're like, how is this like my life? Yeah. <laughs> like kind of graduated school with like a girlfriend and like the, like pretty much like the world on a platter like you can do whatever you want yep and then like I'm just like sitting in this rehab like yeah like I, what the, how is like is this a joke like this is an unbelievable story it's a hectic story yeah it's fascinating mate fascinating yeah um and then yeah it was really hard of course at the start like I was so like I was so broken man you know what I mean like I was so like still coming off like a lot of drugs and mm. like just had no like I was just really young yep. in a way you know what I mean how old were you this time 22 <sighs> yeah so it was pretty hectic <sighs> unbelievable yeah. yeah um and then it took me a while like on the second day I was like fuck this like I want to come home yeah I was like you know what I'll just stay like 28 days because I think I was originally like I was going to go for like two months and the minimum is like 28 days. Yep. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'll just do that. Um, and then slowly, like, I just met a lot of people and, like, just made, like, some, like, genuine connections and it started to, like, get better. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so, like, I, I'd been there for a couple of months and it was actually, like, the happiest I'd been since I could remember. You know what I mean? Like, I was just, like, hanging out in Thailand, like, going to group therapy every day, like, playing soccer like just yeah it was actually like really in a weird way it was like really fun did you feel at all like you wanted to get back into the gear when you were there uh i hadn't really thought about it that much at that point because i was kind of like still just focusing on like being over there but yeah. yeah i had no intentions to like stop drinking or like stop smoking weed like and i think that was an age thing as well okay but yeah kind of the way it all transpires kind of like it's interesting yeah um but yeah so like i was there for two months made some really good friends we like and like the, the clientele there it's really different because it's like an upmarket private rehab so you're paying a lot of money yeah like a lot of money to be there yeah so like ben cousins was there a few months before i was there wow uh like pro rugby players like like models like wow. everything you know what i mean like yep. it was yeah it's not like your typical like strung out 
junkie from the streets. Like it was people like a lot of successful people that were just fucked. Wow. And I think that really helped. Yep. Like, yeah, like my best mate was like this massive like recruiter from the UK who just works all over the world, made fuck loads of money, like flat out, like eight grams of coke a day, like just like fucked, you know what I mean? Yes. But like, yeah, so kind of hearing those sorts of stories, like it, I kind of, they resonated with me a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that comes from like, when you come from a certain sort of background, like you're not exposed to the sort of like crackheads on the street or you know what I mean? Like we yeah. come from a certain background, like, like my parents are both professionals, like yep. a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, of course. so yeah. seeing that side of it, like, yeah, it would, it would have helped. It definitely it would have helped. helped. Cause you, you, you would have been already, you're in this environment that doesn't feel right. You're kind yeah. of like, holy shit. Like I'm not a fucking heroin addict. I'm not like yeah. this and that. But if you're, if you're put in this world where they're all homeless bums and all this sort of stuff, yeah. it's like, Hey, I'm not, this isn't me. Like yeah. you, it would be so much harder to open up around yeah. people that don't fit your kind of 100%. spectrum of yeah. addiction. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So like I had, I had best mates that had like been through it a few times and just had like really cool stories and kind of like building connections with them and stuff was really fun. Mm. Um, started to get healthier. Cause yeah, like, like I said, man, like I was just ruined by yeah. the time I was there. Like I've just been so fucked on drugs for so long that like I could barely run, you know, like I was just like, so like I was starting from the bottom basically in of terms of like getting well. Yeah. Um, so then after a couple of months, they, they have like a sober living facility, which is like in the city of Chiang Mai, they have like this big house and like the theory behind it is, is like you go there for a while to like build a bit more of a foundation and then, and you get a bit more freedom if that makes sense because like the rehab was pretty much like a country club sort of like prison you know what I mean like mm. it was like a ver- like a gated community like beautiful but like you don't have a phone like you you're very regimented in what you do so there's not much like room for decision making you know what I mean so they kind of have this like next transitional stage where you um, stay in this house like in the city of Chiang Mai which is mm. where it was in, in northern Thailand okay um, and they always like advocate for people to kind of go there. Yeah. So my mum came and visited me and then, um, I had a counseling session and they were like, we think you should go to this house and then like stay there for a couple of months and then reassess. Um, and then, you know, you can like do what you want after that. Mm-hmm. Mum was like, do whatever you want. You know, like that. My parents were very supportive. Wow. It's awesome. Man. Which was, and like that was such an opportunity, man. Like the whole, the whole experience, like a lot of people don't get to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. If you fuck your life up that much, a lot of people don't, you burn bridges that will never be rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was it's definitely, awesome. I was definitely fortunate to have all that. Uh, and they were like, yeah, like they were just, I think they were happy to just not see me fucked like, yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Of course. So they were like, yeah, do you want to just like do that? And like I said, like all my mates, um, we're pretty much like going to do that. Okay. So like, yeah, sick. Like, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, from there, like we just moved into this house and it's kind of like, it's almost like being in like big brother, but there's like no cameras. Like it's just this fucking like big house and there's all these different people and everyone's like, you kind of build relationships with people and you go to like therapy and you go to like AA meetings or NA meetings. And mm-hmm. then like you, go on excursions like to the jungle or like just to like see elephants or you just do heaps of random shit yeah which is cool amazing um, and then in there like we started I got in cycling as well so we had this like Swiss guy who was like 
um, managing the house and he was really into cycling and so like we all just started like cycling um, and that became like a real passion of mine like wow. I ended up like buying a road bike and we got into like triathlons and did triathlons wow man that's amazing yeah it was actually really cool um, and then but what like the thing was is like I didn't really know like what I was going to do next you know what I mean so yeah. I was like I hadn't been to Melbourne for like six months. Like I never went home throughout the whole trip kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And like a lot of people were staying on, like a lot of people either like had online businesses or they had, or they wanted to like teach English or work at the rehab. It was like one of the three. Right. You could pretty much do like three things. Yeah. You can't really study there. There's no like reputable unis or anything. So there's Mm -hmm. not really any option in terms of that. But, um, yeah, so I was kind of left like, what What am I going to do? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it was a pretty like comfortable lifestyle. It was really good. Like I just did like, went to group therapy, cycled, trained, like awesome weather, like all the time. Like it was nice. Mm. You know, it was just like relaxing. I got really into meditation as well. Yeah. Which was um, like it's profound for me. Yeah. And me. Yeah. yeah. So like did all that, got like a lot better. Um and then, yeah, like I was, I was like doing like really well. Like I presented to a lot of families that come in for like family programs. Wow. It was cool, man. Like yeah. it started going really well, but then kind of like what happened before, like there was stuff I hadn't dealt with, I yeah. think. Um, and like I said, like I always like, it was like drugs or a girlfriend. It was like one or the other. Mm. And anyway, like I ended up, this girl, this like young girl came into the, like the house we were living in from like a treatment center and like... I kind of like got involved with her and it's to give it like some context it's like in these sorts of places like you just can't like have relationships with people it's strictly like you're working on yourself um you have to like there's no you know what i mean they want to keep like people from kind of distracting each other yes um which makes sense it does like yeah but it's kind of like i don't know it's a bit of a rite of passage right with people that like go to treatment that like you hook up with someone oh right. yeah it's like a massive thing okay like i had mates there like one of my mates um like the first time he went to treatment when he was like 21 he met a girl there and ended up marrying her and like they were together for like three years wow and then it fell apart i had another mate that like met a girl that got kicked out and then they got cooked together and he went back to treatment and but it was just like really prevalent right yeah um, it's a, and it's a really it's a tough one I can almost like you can almost justify um, gender segregated rehab yeah, centers oh, because it's, it's like yeah you, 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 you're both coming together when you're broken and you have all these needs that you haven't yet um, dealt with in yourself 100% you mix that it's going to be dangerous yeah it's going to be you know but at the time it's like, it's like oh my god like this is this is what I've been searching for yeah you know? but it was, it was a fucked up like being in Thailand, right, a lot of people, like, there's prostitutes, there's, yeah. like, like, there were some fucking fucked up people there. Yeah, that's right. Like, people just go, like, to massage parlors, like, flat out, and, yeah. like, not tell anyone, and, like, just fuck prostitutes, and people would get kicked out for bringing prostitutes to the house, and, like, wow, yeah. it was loose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I met this girl, and, and I knew, like, I don't know, like, I just was infatuated, you know what I mean? Of course. She, she was, like, a gorgeous, like, young girl. Mm. Um. And everyone was like, you need to like separate from her. Like, you know, like you need guys need to really have like boundaries and not like hang out and fuck man. Like one thing just led to another and we ended up like just hooking up and yeah. And it picked up from there. Like I just like 
fell head over heels for her. Yeah. And again, it's kind of like indicative of where I was at. Like yeah. I just wasn't, although like I'd gotten off drugs, it's like drugs are not the actual problem. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, they're like a symptom of a much deeper issue. That's and I right. I feel like the first step is getting away from that. But yeah. then it's a fucking huge process of like... That's literally like... Uh, like It's literally... You've got a, a mountain in front of you. You've just put your shoes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've just packed your food. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You haven't even stepped up that That is hill. literally the best like analogy. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, cause it's funny, like when I, when I presented at one of these family programs, like I talked about codependency and kind of relationship issues. And I remember one parent was like, so what have you done to deal with that? And again, like I didn't really have an answer. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, I actually don't know. Like, yeah. I hadn't really worked that much on that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how, yeah, like it ended up transpiring that like that stuff really like ended up coming back up mm. and so yeah like I, I'm like with this girl and we're like sneaking around because yeah like you have to keep it a secret right like you can't people can't know about that no uh, and a lot of shame and like guilt involved with that um, and anyway this went on for a while like and it just got more and more intense you mm. know what I mean and, and I, she was from like she was from New Zealand but her family lived in Hong Kong and we were like oh we should move somewhere together and just all this like delusional like it was just like life a, will be better when yeah 100% like just a fantasy man yeah you know what I mean and yeah it was just very I was very lost in that yeah um and it kind of like really derailed me like I again like I just stopped caring about things you know what I mean yeah. I started like being dishonest with people I stopped like being as focused on my recovery like it just becomes this like massive distraction mm-hmm. um and I can see why they advocate against it yeah um and then anyway, what ended up transpiring was like, it ended up getting found out um, that we were together and then like, I got kicked out of this like trip, like this, this sober living house and, and it really impacted a lot of the people that I was with because like, it's like you're living in this way that's like you're meant to be honest and you're all like kind of on the same team, right? Mm. And you're all like trying to get well together and like we were just lying like flat out, you know what I mean? And just like being like really deceptive and it had a pretty big impact on some of the people I was living with. Mm. Um, and so that was really hard. And then it was like, so it kind of like the way it came to fruition was like, it ended up being that I didn't really have a choice. It was like, I was just done. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't like, okay, now I'm going to go and work as an English teacher or now I'm going to work at this rehab. It was like, no, you're kicked out. Yeah. And like, you're going home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you got no choice. Full on man. Deep end. Mm. And like, yeah, I was just very, uh, very like infatuated with this girl. Um, and, and she was all I cared about, man. You mm. know what I mean? And that, that really like became a part of my story with things that like these things would just like become all consuming. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that kind of happened again. And um, yeah, I just remember like when it all kind of came out, like I just remember sitting out in front, just like crying, like just flat out being like, my world's just falling apart. And um, I didn't really realize it at the time, but it was just like this like rock bottom that like I really needed to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up coming back to Melbourne and like I was just broken, man. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I was broken again. Yeah. And then I'd done a lot of like recovery stuff there in terms of like NA. Did you work the 12 steps? Yeah, still doing that. What was, um, what's your higher power, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I actually like, I don't really conceptualize it as anything. A lot of the time, it's like a belief. It can be a belief in the program. Oh, uh, nice. Um, or yep. just 
just yeah like I guess like the way I see it is like everything's kind of happened for a reason mm. you know like I don't really know how I'm here like talking to you I know like, I just am yes I. you know what I mean it's a great great thing for people to rewind and listen I think that's yeah. a really good point mm. like it's it's like how do you so many people don't make it out of like full on addiction and mm. drugs and stuff like why am I still here yeah like there must be you know like yep. crashing cars and doing all this like ridiculous stuff like I don't I don't know I, I can't make sense of that yeah when there's a lot of people that like don't make it so I think that in a way it's great like I think it, just being humbled about the idea that, that there are things you don't know it's a real it's a really big burden for the ego to carry yeah and the ego kind of dies on yeah. that thing it's just like what but no I know everything and you know this is me and this is who I am and this is how I can control things it's like you have no fucking idea, you piece of shit. Yeah. You know, the egos can be great, but like, yeah. it's, 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 it's very humbling and very, um, it's like the first step of growth to be like, whoa, I don't know. And that's what was like, for the first time, like, or not really the first time, but when all this happened and I got kicked out of this treatment center and like hurt a lot of people's feelings and was like just destroyed inside. I was just like, I was just left in this place of like, I actually don't know how to live. Yeah. Like I actually, if you look at like my life, like a lot of it has been a fucking disaster. You know what I mean? And mm. I was just like, like, I actually don't know. Like, yeah. I think I'm pretty intelligent, but like that has not served me yeah. at all. So I think in a way it was a very humbling experience. Like I was just like, I actually need so much more help than I kind of thought. Yeah. Because... Going in streaming at that age as well, like my drug use was bad, but it wasn't like absolutely horrendous. Like yeah. the consequences got bad pretty quickly, but like there were people there that would shoot drugs flat out and stuff and mm. like just took it to a whole different level in terms of their consumption. Um, and I think going in at that age, if all that like hadn't happened, I really don't know like where I would have ended up. Mm. Like I, I, I almost feel as though I would have ended up back on the gear mm-hmm. if I hadn't like I feel like it all kind of happened for a reason mm-hmm. the way it did yeah because yeah it just really like brought me to this place of like desperation mm-hmm. you know what I mean I was like I need like this needs to stop like as one thing to go to rehab it's like another thing to kind of like get kicked out and then be left with like what am I going to do now yeah so I think so you've been working the steps but you still hadn't kind of conceptualized or found that reconciliation with yourself yet? Like there was still some... I just think like I hadn't gotten to the point where I was desperate. Okay. Like I, I kind of, if I look back, like I kind of just wanted to fuck off from Australia and like not deal with any of the consequences of what I was doing. Yes. And like going to Thailand was a really good way of like me just like kind of doing whatever I wanted for a while. Like getting better, but yep. like not having to look at, okay, where am I going to work now? What am I going to study? Like I wasn't... Like, I was rebuilding myself in a way, but, like, I wasn't really rebuilding my life. Like, it was mm. still sort of an escape. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real problem with, like, a lot of treatment centers that are overseas is, like, you eventually have to come home and then it's, like, you're sort of starting again anyway. Mm. There's no there's no um, perspective is the right word, maybe, or just, like, hey, you know, when you go back, it's, it's going to be challenging. Yeah. Like yeah. they say that, but you just don't really know. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have been able to deal with that if it hadn't happened the way it happened. And yeah. I was just forced into it. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, okay, like... Sometimes was, that's the best way. <laughs> yeah. Just like... <laughs> make or break. Literally thrown in the deep end. Yes. Because um, I remember like coming back to Melbourne and sitting in this like cab home from the airport and it was like, 
like grey skies, like just like shit weather. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I've just come from like like sun every day, like just like living this life. Mm. It just reality just like set in. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um but yeah, like I said, like I think for the first time I was like, yeah, I really need to like keep doing what I'm doing. Because I hadn't like taken any drugs in like 10 months. Amazing. So yep. like I was still sober, but I was still like fucked yep. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I knew all about the program and then I just like started doing that. Because I was like, what else? Like I was literally like, man, what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, What else can you I've do? I've tried taking heaps of drugs. And like, they just didn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I've dealt with like breakups before and I had that point of reference, right? And I think that's so important is like, if you haven't been through a breakup, then you don't know what it's like and you don't know like what you're going to feel like. So it's like so new, mm. but like, I was like, even though it was really upsetting and like, I ended up breaking out with this girl that I was with and we kind of did long, long distance for like two weeks and it was never going to work. No. So I just called it quits. Okay. Um, and that was really hard, but at the same time, like I was like, I kind of knew how to deal with it because mm-hmm. I'd been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I was just like, I knew, I just knew like there was no amount of drugs that was just going to work. I think that's where your intelligence is coming to it as well. It's, it's, um, it, it, it's intelligent to be able to, to reflect and consider how you've tried to go about healing yourself mm-hmm. and how little that's mm-hmm. actually helped you, you know, that's, yeah. that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was also like, it's like, I, I still admit, like I fucking love drugs. Yeah. You know I and mean? I still think about drugs, you know, and of course. like all I have is today, you know what I mean? I might take drugs again, who knows? But like, I especially like, I knew at that time and I know now, like, I don't want to deal with the aftermath of what that looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I love being high, but the thought of like having to come back to reality after taking drugs, like the way I took drugs is like, I'd just rather just not even deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just brutal, I think. Yeah. So take us through, first of all, what what do you think you were searching for that has that has led you through this from the childhood all the way through the drugs? Like, yeah. What have you found? I think a relationship with self. Relationship with Con- self. Connection with self. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And how did you go about finding that? that I think that's an ongoing process. Yeah. I think um, a lot of like, the, the steps as well, like doing the 12 steps and doing a lot of writing, I think helped. Yeah. Uh, meditation helped a lot. Mm. And like, I still do that every day. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say therapy as well. I'm still, I still do therapy. Like yeah. That's still a big part of it. I'm actually like really getting a lot more into that now mm. and looking at certain stuff. And I guess people, you know, I always want to think about how people can resonate with stories like this. And I think people there is an assumption that comes with the word addiction, the word therapy that doesn't need to be there. Therapy is, I am 100% getting therapy from this right now. Just having another person that I was at school with, hearing this story, noting the similarities, learning from your lessons, like it's therapeutic for me. I'm hoping it's therapeutic for people that listen to this. Um, It doesn't have to be going to a psychologist that is nah. fantastic, you know, but doing something that's meaningful work, doing something for someone else. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, and I think another good thing to recognize is that, and you said it perfectly, is that um, finding myself, discovering my potential, what yeah. I could do that's good, is, is, is a journey. It's probably a 
We'll see how we go with this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an ongoing journey, and I, I I honestly don't believe that we're supposed to know ourselves fundamentally no. till till death, you know. Yeah. Um, but here's a good way of thinking about it. Every day, if you feel a little bit happier, and a little bit happier just being by yourself, and knowing that you could sit in a room for five minutes and just sit with yourself, as hard as it is, if it was better than it was yesterday, you're doing something right. 100%. And I think that's what I had to really learn as well, was how to be alone mm. without like being cooked or on drugs. Like just being alone with me and my thoughts, like as is. Yeah. That was... And I think that was probably the most profound thing. Mm. It's like, and I got that through meditation as well. Yeah. Like just be like, and being okay. Yeah. Because yeah, like a lot of this stuff from when I was very young, like I just couldn't be by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't deal with like me. Yeah. And like I had to be around other people. And that kind of created toxic relationships and then that brought on feelings. And it's then a need. <laughs> and then I took drugs to deal with the feelings. So yeah. it's, it all kind of like worked in a cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you have to be able to be by yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise you just rely, like I just relied on other people to make me feel all right. Mm. And no one can do that. No. And because no one knows who you are. Yeah. And especially if you don't know who you are as well. You have to get to know yourself for sure. And I think as well with getting, like the drugs were very artificial. You know what I mean? The conversations are artificial. Like they're heaps of fun, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like that wasn't me when I was on drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't, None of that was really real. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, what, um, what advice would you give to someone that's uh, perhaps listening to this and not necessarily in that world of smoking meth, you know, let's call this spade a shovel, <laughs> but fe- feels like, uh, yeah, feel, look, feels like they're acting in a way that's not entirely them or perhaps they don't feel like they have a lot of control. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the first step is like acknowledging that. And like the awareness, right, is yeah. the first step of like, okay, this is what's going on. Like, if this is crossing my boundaries or like, I'm not okay with this, I'd say like acknowledging that mm. would be the first step. And then like, you just have to take some sort of action. And I think for me, it's like being able to talk about it and like get that support. And mm. I think like a lot of what I learned from being in that environment, that treatment environment, like I learned how to make real connections with people. And that was like very instrumental in like, yeah, building like a sense of connection and not feeling isolated with stuff. Cause I, yeah. like I said, like I never knew how to talk about anything. Mm. So it was like all in there, but like I kept it to myself. That's amazing that you actually had to learn how to have a connection with another human being. Yeah, 100%. It scares me a little bit, but that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's such a good point. As in like, like I could have connections, but I was such like a people pleaser, right? Yeah. That it was like, I would say whatever I would, what I needed to say yeah to make they weren't authentic so there's no authenticity in that yeah yep. so I think yeah like learning how to even how to say no to people mm-hmm. but also yeah like how to just be upfront with people about where I was at mm-hmm. was yep. like a big thing and um can people contact you like do you yeah 100% yeah, man yeah if 100%. they're going through that yeah I've um I've met so many people man and like I said like the recovery community has helped me a lot I mm. think just kind of like meeting people that are dealing with the same stuff and yeah because a lot of yeah a lot of that story man and the chaos like a lot of people won't relate to that you know what i mean and when you get people that have been there and you can almost laugh about it it just kind of eases some of the some of the shame i think yes yeah because yeah it's man it's a different like my life is so different now than 
how it was back then. Yeah. Like, just, just not the same person, man. It's, it's amazing. Like, it, it really is amazing. And, I mean, like, like I said in the beginning, like, we, we weren't ever super close friends, but we, we knew each other and we were friendly. We'd yeah. always say hi. We'd sit in similar social groups and things, you know. But to think about, like, it's very strange to yeah. like, talk with you now as like one of the most genuine authentic people that I've ever spoken to, you know, um, and that's my privilege, you know, but to hear who this person was that was doing all these things yeah. is very interesting. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, I think there was just a, a darkness or a wound in there that like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I hadn't, cause people, like I was always pretty well liked, but I just never understood that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's not how I felt. And it was like a real process of... And it continues to be like a process of like learning to love myself. Yeah. Well, mate, I like you. <laughs> I like you too, mate. Tony, thanks so much Good for coming chat. on the show, man. Good chat. It was thanks awesome. For having me. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. And guys, um, you know, if, if you got anything um, from the show, anything that, you know, you want answered questions... Um, yeah, what are some places they can go to them? Probably, probably Facebook. Yeah. Or if you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on Facebook or email. If you want to, you can chuck a link in. Or I'd something. love to. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, in terms of resources, uh, I know that like Beyond Blue is good. I haven't used that personally. Yeah. Um, but I'd say see your GP and just like see a psych. Mm. I reckon that's the first step mm. for sure. Like just do something like that and then go from there. Yeah. I reckon that's it's as simple as that. We'll leave it there. All right, mate. Done. Thanks, mate. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I do completely recognize that it was a pretty heavy show. Um, Tom is still kind of working through things. He said he's, you know, been sober for for quite a while now. I think another thing to, to, to recognize, and we touched a little bit on this in the show, is that addiction can manifest itself in all different sorts of ways. We, we, we shouldn't always think of, A, addiction as bad and criminal, and B, addiction as the uh, the homeless heroin addict, which I think I said on the show. Addiction is anything that we lean on to for support externally when we find ourselves in a uh, in a rough patch internally. And whether that's porn, you know, chocolate in the fridge, if it is drugs and alcohol, if it's sex, if it's um, if it's a form of vanity or anything that China pumps the ego up. It's important to have a conversation with yourself. This is why I'm such a big believer in three things. It's float tanks, reflection writing, diary writing, and meditation. Because the more we spend time getting to know ourselves, and this is why I wanted to create a podcast about this, get to know your mind, mate. The more you get to know your mind, mate, the more you will be able to understand who you are and what it is that you're searching for. And the more that you align yourself with a path that, helps you to reconcile and find yourself whilst bettering the lives of others, the more and easier it is going to be for you to live this life. And until your death, when you can rest your head for one final time, knowing that you did some good in the world and knowing that you left it in a little bit better of a place than as you found it. So if this podcast spoke to you guys, please reach out to me. The podcast is in its infancy and I'm currently looking at the numbers here. My last podcast got 30 plays. My second one before that, 29, 35, 68, 51. It is just an amazing, incredible ride. And if you are listening to the show, I'm honestly so fucking grateful and and humble. Um, And it's helping me and I hope it's helping you. If we can all get to know our mind, mate, um, 
I think um, I think we do we can do some good in the world. And there's a final thing that I want to finish off here with is that world peace is founded with everyone has inner peace. And I think that's a really great way to uh, to finish this show. So thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you and speak to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>